When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. It's the Wednesday edition, week 11, stacking the box. I just learned a lot about Matt Verderam in our pre-production meeting. If you didn't know, Matt Verderam does eat a PB&J sandwich plus a Cliff Bar for yep. lunch, which is his first meal of the day. He doesn't like chunky. He likes smooth. He goes skippy. Anything else that uh, fans of stacking the box should know before we go any further here, Vertoram? Because this is big news. I mean, it's it's important. Um, drink, I, yeah, a lot of water throughout the day. A lot of water. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm on that. You know, I I never I never was any, but he was in any of these like food fads. I never have been. I kind of just do my own thing. But I I do like almond milk. I gotta say, I actually, I actually like it. Like, just literally, I like the taste more than I like regular milk. So I, I get that light vanilla almond. You gotta have the, you gotta have the vanilla flavor in there. Do you, do you go almond milk in your cereal, yeah. or do you not have cereal? You do. No, I have cereal. I usually have like bowl a day, kicks. Yeah, bowl of kicks a day. Yeah, because the average serving size of like a sugary cereal is like three quarters of a cup, but kicks serving size is cup and a quarter. So you can get, you get more bang for your buck. See, see, I, I've met your parents and I think they're amazing people. And I, I like literally your, your mother at, at your wedding was like the greatest person I've ever seen in my life. Not to take anything away from dad, who I know is a regular listener to stack in the box, he is but, but, I, but I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with the parents here. You had too much sugar cereals as a kid. I had a you, ton of it. You, yeah. They, they, it. they just, they crushed you. you. You should have been getting your standard corn flake. Instead you were getting the frosted flake and the kicks and the lucky charms. What, I mean, what were you having? Well, first of all, Kix is like no sugar. That's why I eat it now. But I, I was having, oh, my God, when I was a kid, uh, Apple Jacks, Fruit Loops, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Peanut Butter Crunch, uh, Reese's Puffs, uh, you, you name it. But see, this is the point of this is, before we get into football, so this is not to toot my own home, but it's just, a, it's just a, the reality of the situation. So a year ago, I weighed 242 pounds, right, which is the heaviest I've ever been. In high school, I weighed like 200 for, for reference. So I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start trying to cut like a couple calories here, a couple calories there, whatever. Right. And like ended up losing like 15 pounds. I got down to like 228. Then quarantine happened. So like at first for quarantine, like nothing changed. And then I got bored and I was like, I'm just going to walk everywhere all the time. So I have nothing else to do. And it gets me out of the house and it's safe and whatever. Since the beginning of August, I've lost 19 pounds because I I just walk everywhere and I eat like a, I don't know 1500 calories a day and then so, so now I'm 209 which is the least I've weighed in like a decade and I'm still rolling because 
the kicks and the cliff bars burn right off. The PB and J, it's a healthy fat. It's fine. I get that low calorie jelly, and I'm just raw. And it, honestly, like it's, I'm sure it sounds terrible, but I'm so used to it now. It just doesn't bother me. It's uh, it's a change. It's it's the one good thing that's come out of quarantine is that there's less of me. So that's that's been positive. Well, congratulations. This is actually uh, somewhat inspiring, at least. I, I'm. I'm going to consider moving more my tennis game has been upped immensely say, you're active though like you're not, you're not i am but i don't get but, but like i could be more active i could be the guy that gets up in the morning and just goes on a nice solid peaceful walk to start the day picks up a cup of coffee goes through the right. neighborhoods i think that'd be a great way to start the day i'm you know <laughs> listening to a podcast check out check out re- review stack in the box no no, and that's it. Like, I'm a, I'm a big guy in general. Like, everyone doesn't know me. I mean, I'm 6'2", and right now 209, but, like, I vacillate anywhere between 200 and, like, 240 in my adult life. And so I was never somebody who was going to jog or run. I just – I hated it. I never liked it. It, it. Even when I was in high school and I was in really good shape, I never liked it. Um, I should say relatively really good shape. Um, but the walking – like, I walk, like, 20 miles a week. And it's just – yeah, it's fine. It's like an hour a day, walk three miles an hour, you know, just whatever. It's not, it's nice. It's relaxing. Could do without it when it's a wind tunnel outside here in, in wonderful Illinois. Are you on the phone? Are you listening? Or are you just no, by yourself and your thoughts? Just by myself and my thoughts. I mean, yeah, you, every you, once in a while I'm on the phone, you know, somebody will call me or I'll do a radio interview or something, but mostly just me just walking around thinking. You're a very interesting guy. Seriously, you know, do you know how much people need stimulation in life? And you can just sit there and walk with your thoughts in the middle of Rockford after having a you know a pre PB and J. I'm inspired, Matt. I'm serious. Well, right now, like it's it, first of all, it's definitely freezing. But second of all, like I drop my daughter off at daycare, and then I just I usually walk in the morning. I walk for work, so I'll walk at like eight o'clock in the morning. Just- you probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Doctor Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. And I, and I wake up at like 740. Your daycare is basically five. It's a it's a house. So it's like right. five houses down from us. I'm just going to make. And I just start walking. I'm going to make a request. Next time you're on the walk or one of the times you're on the walk. Doesn't have to be next time. Within the next month. Just just give good old Karma a call. And I will, I'll, I'll use it as motivation. I'll, I'll get into my own walk pattern. I'll just, it'll get me out of the house. I'll, I'll get competitive. It'll be good for me. I can, I can do that. Can my, do by that? the way, I, I'm, my goal was originally when I was 242, I was like, I'm going to get to 205. I actually found that I feel really good at 209, but I, I'm hell bent to get to 205 if for no other reason. So I can say I accomplished my goal. So final four can be the hardest. I recommend starving yourself. I might. I was thinking about wearing a plastic <laughs> garbage bag and just sitting in the sun. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Last five. Don't don't worry about the repercussions on the back end. Just so you hit the two hundred five. Just don't eat for a day. You'll get there. You'll be good. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into football. Everyone's already tuned out. No, no, no. They love this stuff. I, I, well, I hope they do at least. Thank you for by the way for listening. Stack in the box, uh, giving a rating, telling a friend. We appreciate it. Our lives are on the line, or at least our careers. Uh, so we're looking at the Cardinals. We're looking at the Seahawks. We got a great Thursday night affair here. 
Six and three, six and three, Seahawks at home. Russell Wilson plans to keep slinging it, even though he's been a turnover machine as of late, which is hard to believe. Uh, Seattle's a three-point favorite here. And I don't know, the, the big discussion this week has been about who, who, who made a greater play, Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, this, is a, this is a great Thursday night affair. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game. Like, a lot of times, let's face it, these Thursday night games suck, right? Like, they're just – teams don't have the time to prepare. The matchups are kind of blocked. As the NFL makes sure that every team plays the Thursday night games. So you get these games like nobody really wants to watch. But last week was Colts-Titans. Good game. Solid game. First place in the division. And we got another one. First place in the division. Whoever wins this game, at least going into Sunday, I mean, based off tiebreakers or anything else, first place in the division on the line. So, I'm Jack. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's a race to 35 minimum. These teams are going to score a bunch of points. Like Arizona scored 30-plus points five games in a row. Seattle did not score 30 points last week. In fact, they only scored 16, but typically scores into the 30s. Seattle's got to be desperate in this game. I mean, you're at home. You can't let them sweep you, right? Like If you're the Cardinals, it's a game you want to win, but it's not a game you're necessarily expected to win, if that makes sense. Like You're the young up-and-coming team. Seattle's got to win this game. So normally I'd say this is a, this is a spot. I love the Seahawks. They can't stop anybody. Like I've seen so many people write about, well, they were better defensively against the Rams this week. I watched the game last night. The Rams went up and down the field, the entire game. The only reason the Rams didn't score 30 some odd points is they basically were trying to run out the clock, the final 10 minutes of the game. And they had a strip sack by Adams. That was it. Um, I, I can't wait to see it. Murray Wilson, part two. I hope it's as entertaining as part one was. It, it is hard to believe that Seattle's right in the middle here and like far and away, uh, at least as far as giving up yardage, the worst team in the NFL. I mean, it's not close. And they're, I mean, they're behind Jacksonville, Atlanta, the Texans, the Jets. I mean, it's just think about that. Like you, you got to go all the yeah. way up to Tennessee to find a playoff team. Uh, and the Titans, uh, I mean – that that defense is 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 disgusting too. So, um, by the way, we'll get to them in a second. Though Minnesota's towards the bottom here. I am so impressed with what Mike Zimmer and the Vikings are doing. They're bringing their season back to at least some level of relevance. It's been impressive. But uh, let, let's look at the Rams and Tampa. We got to wait all the way for Monday night for that one. Uh, but this is uh, this is an interesting potential two NFC playoff teams Monday night. Uh, you know, who do you trust quarterback wise here to have a big game? I mean, Brady's been there, but he's also had his moments this year. And same thing with golf. That's an interesting Monday night affair. It's a great game. It's in Tampa. Now the Buccaneers on primetime this year have been God awful. They lost to the bears. The saints just obliterated them on Monday night football or uh, Sunday night football, rather, excuse me. Um, does that matter? Does it not? I don't know. It's an interesting little subplot. I know Arians, they're practicing at night this week to try to like do something different. That's uh, Arians, at least, is somewhat concerned about it. The Rams' defense is really good. Number one in a lot of things, number two in a lot of things, pass defense, overall defense, points. Again. I mean, the, the Rams, you know, yards per completion, I believe they're best in the league. Like, they're really good defensively. Jalen Ramsey's excellent. Obviously, Aaron Donald's the best defense player in the world. The Rams cause problems. And here's the, the, the rub with the Bucs. Brady is hideous under pressure. Like literally statistically the worst quarterback in football. He's completing something like 30% of his passes when he's under pressure. So 
you wonder if the Rams can get pressure on him in this game, does this turn into pick a palooza like it was against New Orleans where he's just throwing the ball up in the air because he doesn't want to get hit because he's 84 years old? I, I don't know. However, flip side of that is Goff turns into a pumpkin when he's under pressure. Andrew Whitworth isn't playing in this game. He's got a knee injury. What happens to him? I mean, do the Bucks just blitz him to a blitz? Whoever gets more pressure is going to win this game. Well, and also let's uh, news of – well, the early day today when we're recording on Wednesday, we got a Rams player who's testing positive for COVID-19. Right. Don't know who it is. I love the NFL's wording on this. It's not just the NFL. I guess it's all around sports. The player immediately entered self-quarantine, according to the Rams, and, quote, out of an abundance of caution. This whole out of an abundance of caution. The dude has freaking COVID. It's not out of an abundance of caution. It's out out of a it's it's out of a, a, a complete terror that he's going to infect the whole team and the whole league and it's going to shut the season down. It's not out of an abundance of caution. Like he's got a little sniffle. The dude has COVID. Enough with the abundance of caution BS. It's it. <laughs> we're about to. It's unbelievable that I keep out of an abundance of no 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 no. He has the virus. That's not good. It's not – you know the only team that has not had a COVID player, te- you know, uh, test positive for COVID? Uh, the Northwestern Wildcats? No, who? Seattle. Okay. Seattle's okay. Only, the Rams and Seattle were the only ones, and now the Rams have one, and they just played Seattle, although it doesn't seem as though it's spreading through games, luckily. So that's good. And listen, all this stuff's wonky, all right? There, there's a lot of it going around. I mean, the country's exploding with it, so that's going to factor in. I mean, these guys are human. They, they see their families. They, they – you know, may go to the grocery store. It's it's reality. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But I, I got to hand it to the NFL, man. We say whatever we want. Sure, they've done a, they've done a great job of handling it. They really have. I mean, other than that fiasco with the Titans, they've done a great job. They they really have. I mean, it hasn't really spread. They've done a good job of containing it. Bucks, by the way, are a four-point favorite. And, and you're right. I mean, listen, the season has gone on, and they expected there was going to be blips, and there have been, but they have kept on going. Uh, the virus, of course, raging out of control right now. So hopefully uh, can, teams will continue to be smart, uh, do what they got to do. All right, so let's look at uh, – of those four teams that we just mentioned, the Rams, the Bucks, the Seahawks, the Cardinals – your question here is who needs the win the most? I'm going to guess you're going to say Seattle because you don't want to lose twice and you're at home, but where are you going? I think there's two teams you can make the argument for, but yeah, I, I think it's Seattle. You're at home in this game. You have to win this game. You you cannot get swept by Arizona and be a game back with the breaker and the Cardinals favor with six games to go. Now the Cardinals don't play a real easy schedule the rest of the way. They still play the Rams twice. That's an opening for Seattle, but you're getting to a point here if you're the, if you're the Seahawks. Like, it's time to bow up a little bit. Defensively, they're a disaster. And this is why, you know, we do this every year. And I, and I know we've talked about this a little on the podcast, and we try to get out ahead of this stuff. But, man, you know, people watch the first four or five weeks of a season, and they just fall in love with certain narratives, and they hold on to them for the rest of time. Russell Wilson was great early, but we said it multiple times on here at some point he's not going to be perfect and they're going to have to play better as a team that's just reality he is not going to play like this for 16 straight weeks well guess what he's been bad the last month of the season he's turned it over 10 times the last four games he's not played well and guess what they're one and three in those games 
They stink. They, they barely beat Minnesota at home. They needed a miracle to do that. They lost to Arizona. They lost to the Rams. They got plowed by Buffalo. I mean, at, at some point, you start looking at the Seahawks and going, are they even a playoff team? I, mean, I, I think they are because the NFC, I just think, has seven defined teams that are probably looking at getting in. But, man, they could be a seven. Like People thought they were going to be a one a month ago. They're way closer to being a seven than a one. The other team, quickly, I think that needs to win. Tampa's got to win this game. Look, you got to keep you got to keep tabs on the Saints, especially with Drew Brees and his injury. Who knows how long he's going to be out? The the Bucks also after this game against the Rams have a short week, and then they play Kansas City. Like the Bucks. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Not saying they can't win that game, but the Buccaneers need to win this game. They, they need to find a way to win at home against LA. Huge bounce back week. For Russell Wilson, I mean, just a huge one for him. You're by by far, by far, his worst game of the year last last week. Uh, and he's thrown more interceptions in a game. He threw three against the Cardinals, but last week was just rough. All right, uh, Chiefs and Raiders Vertram Sunday Night Football. The victory lap story is m- top five favorite story of the year for me. John Gruden being asked about it, and he blames. If people don't know the story, the, the Raiders beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Signature went from head and done that in, what, 11 years? What was it? Longer? I forget. No, the, the Raiders had beaten him back in 2017, I think, 16. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's been a while, though. I mean, the Chiefs since Reed's been there. I think they've lost him twice. So, regardless, huge win for the Raiders. And then they decide after the game that they're going to have the bus driver drive around Arrowhead, do a nice victory lap, and – of course, somebody finds out about it. Could be my former tenant who was a chief uh, groundskeeper, by the way. Somebody reported this. And then Gruden's asked about it. He blamed the bus driver for having a – that the bus driver was saying whatever he was saying to Gruden at different Raiders. I don't believe that for a second. You think the bus driver was mouthing off to the Raiders? Get, get, that, that, that makes zero sense. Gruden, I'll tell you what. And I'm not big on a lot of this stuff because I think when, once you get inside the lines, it is what it is. You play football and, and you move on. But I'll tell you the Raiders are lining this up for an ass kicking up a lifetime in this game. You can just see this coming a mile away. The chiefs are off a bye. They're getting healthier. Although Eric Fisher being on the COVID list is not great. He could play on Sunday. He's got to test negative a handful of times, but that's not ideal. Um, Read off a bye is phenomenal. Keep going. He he never loses. They're on Sunday night football in a dome where that offense is going to have perfect conditions. You also have now, as you mentioned, the story. Who Nick Jacobs reported this? Give him credit. It's a great scoop, and it's and it's blown up. It's become a national story. Reed, who never says anything in his press conferences ever, multiple times acknowledged the fact, in one way or another, that it pissed him off that they did that. Travis Kelsey came out yesterday and essentially, and I'm paraphrasing this. I'm not quoting him, but he essentially said the Raiders treated it like it was a Super Bowl. The Chiefs. When they played them last time, and I give the Raiders full marks for beating them, the Chiefs were 4-0. The Raiders were 2-2 two and two coming off two losses, needed to win the game. The Chiefs scored 32 points and had 11 points wiped off the board via penalty. 
if you don't think the Chiefs are going to be unbelievably motivated in this game to humiliate them on national television after all this, I don't know what to tell you. The Raiders win this game. I give them all the credit on earth. I would be shocked if the Raiders are even close to this game. So, so just for the record, I'm always amazed at how soft professional athletes at times can be. What do you, th- there was a huge win for the Raiders. They yes. didn't drive around the stadium 10 times. Even if they did, it shouldn't matter. So, oh, they drove around the stadium like it was, it was a Super Bowl to them. It was a huge game. It was a huge win. Live in the moment. You can't, you can't celebrate until it's nice. the end of the last game of the year. Let them have their moment. I mean, what? good for sure. them. Congratulations. I wish we had won. Like, what? It's amazing to me that this bothers Travis Kelsey or Andy. Who cares? They 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 won. They, they felt good. I know it sucks, but like to be you know all bothered by it just bizarre to me. Two two <laughs> things. I don't think Andy Reid is legitimately pissed off, but I think he's sending a message to the players that hey, you got disrespected. That, okay, that could right? be. Sure. I think that's number one. Number two, I just think for Kansas City, a team that has at times this year just looked like they've been bored. It's just a great way to have a lot of motivation, right? Fair like, enough. Y- and you-, you should know, and I know you know, because you are a fan of Michael Jeffrey I, Jordan. I, that man, fa- I mean, nobody found ways to motivate himself more than, I mean, what was the one story in that, in the last dance where he made it up about some guy in the bullets? LeBradford Smith. He, well, he made it up. The- destroyed. <laughs> like, for no, like literally made up a story to himself that this guy had said something to him after a game. And just eviscerates this poor bastard up and down the court. So if you're the Chiefs, look, the Chiefs, you other than okay, the Raiders beat you, but like the Chiefs beat them all the time. They're eight and one. You need to create motivation. And that look, I agree with you, everything you said. But also, if you're John Groot, what are you doing? No, like what are you doing? Like it's a, like, don't give them any reason to count for your game. You know what? I, it's a great, it's a great point by you. Use whatever you can in life. If you're Andy Reid and you can turn this into a rallying cry for just to, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some personal things there too. Maybe he doesn't like John Gruden. I don't know. Or somebody maybe he doesn't like the Davis family, whatever it is. Use what you can in life. That that's fair. I got it. And so maybe I'm the one that's being played here. I'm like, and I don't know. Like, do you, do you think, how, I ask you, and we can move on from the game, but how, how do you think it plays? You think it matters? You think it doesn't matter? You think it's a really tight game? You, I mean, how do you like? No, I, you... I think the Chiefs are going to kill them. I, 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 I think this is a, a KC. Uh, I mean, I think the Raiders are going to score. Their offense has been potent. Uh, so, but I, I, I like Kansas City by two touchdowns. By the way, Sam Mellinger, who's a great columnist in the Star, uh, love his stuff, read it all the time, and a nice guy. Uh, he wrote in his minutes that he has a little uh, mailbag that he does. He wrote that he thinks at some point the Chiefs are going to break out a celebration in this game where they pretend to drive a fake bus through the end zone. I'm here for all of it. Good. Let's let's go. I want to see that so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes is driving a bus right through the Vegas end. (laughs) Oh, and and I'm here for all entertainment. Let's go. This is great. This, it's, it's one of my favorite stories. They, it's they a great dro- rivalry. And it's a rivalry right. if you appreciate history. Like, it's one of the best rivalries in football. But it really hasn't been lately because when one's been good, the other's been terrible. This 
this should be a lot of fun. Like these two teams, the only thing that sucks are, is there's not going to be fans. Look, That's they, the only thing. Because the fan, sure. fans would be going out of their minds in this game. Listen, the Raiders should have, you know, driven around the stadium. Then they should have stopped at Arthur Bryant's on their way out, gotten themselves a pulled pork sandwich. And I mean, right. just, 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 just done the whole full taunt. Uh, all right. Sunday. That's it's, it'll, it'll be a good one. The yep. Sunday night football chief Raider battle. And we'll be of course on recording right after the game on Sunday night. Quick time out. Stay with us. You are listening to stacking the box. Yeah. Uh, into the future we go upset alert this weekend for you Matt who do you got so we talked about one a little bit I, I think the Bucks are on upset alert I I I think ultimately I think the Bucks are in trouble in that game because Brady is just a disaster under pressure and the Rams get pressure they hit the quarterback a lot and it, with with Goff the same holds true but McVay is going to get the ball out of his hands really quick I I just think it's a little bit more advantageous for the Rams so I, I'm, I, I know I'm going out on a limb a little bit. I like the Rams in the game. The other team that I do think will win, but I am putting them on the alert, is Cleveland. The Browns have just not been impressed. I get they played in horrible conditions against Houston, but, you know, I hate that argument because guess who else played in horrible conditions in that game? Houston. And, like, if Romeo Cornell was even a halfway decent head coach, if you go back and watch that game, Houston really probably should have won that game. Like, they, they blew opportunity after opportunity. Philadelphia sucks, and Carson Wentz is leading the league in turnovers. So I'm taking the Browns by like a couple of points, but you you would not have me shocked if Philadelphia went in there and beat them. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. And I let's throw in the I guess it's I don't know. I mean, they're still a significant favorite here. The Saints are a five point favorite at home versus yeah. Atlanta. Oh, yep. So. And we're going to have uh, Deuce McAllister coming up here. I, I talked to him earlier today. We're going to play some of that interview for you. But uh, And Deuce was great. But I was basically trying to sing the praises of Jameis. And he was like, I don't know. You know, we'll see. So that just makes me think, like, you know, look, Teddy stepped in last year when when Breeze went out and they went 5-0. and um, And I thought Jameis looked okay uh, stepping in and, and breeze was very complimentary to what he did, but he nearly threw a couple of picks and he's obviously been a turnover machine for his career and Atlanta been in a lot of games, man. So I, the, the, and they certainly know the saints well. So I, I give the, I give the Falcons a chance to walk in here and have a big day. Now I'll, I guess I'll, I'll go with the dirty birds. I'm, I see you, John Bueller. You don't listen to this podcast, but if you did Bueller works with us, he's a huge Falcons fan. Hey, that's a, that's a good call. That's a good call. I, I thought about that. Decided not to put it on there, but I like that. I could definitely see the Saints in this game. You just never know what you're getting out of Jameis, ever. He could throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, or he could throw six interceptions, and nothing would surprise me. Speaking of not knowing what you're getting out of him, by the way, I would love to not know what I was getting out of him and have him be in Chicago rather than the scene that I'm watching in Nick Foles every week. Who that I Monday night game, my God, that was, that was brutal. I swear he was faking at the end. I think he just wanted to get out of Chicago. Man, I, th I thought the man was dead. I know. Some people thought he was dead. I was like, he's done. He wants out of here. He hates every bit of this. And then it came out the next day. It's like, ah, it's a bruise. He's probably going to be back in two weeks. I thought it was his shoulder at first. And then it was, and then I got his hip, his pelvis. It's like, God, then, like, what, what happened? And then I saw Tyler Bray coming in. I just turned off the television. Like, well, I was going to go. <laughs> when he was laying there, it felt like naked gun, whatever. Like, he's just... <laughs> 
it was like a dead dude uh, uh just hanging out you looked as though he had passed on nick nick i you, you you're okay you're Meanwhile, okay buddy and, and this isn't a referendum on Foles. i mean i don't play in the nfl i'm sure it hurt like hell then there's breeze who has five rib fractures and a collapsed lung and is like like right. trying to get back in the game <laughs> wants to play Let's I can't go. even imagine. If I had one rib fracture, I'd be out of this podcast for a month. Well, apparently he had one of them last week. He was yeah. playing with it. Kept rolling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to Minnesota. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Let's go to uh, Baltimore and Tennessee. You're asking, is this a, a must win for both the Ravens and the Titans? I don't think it's a must win. But I think whoever loses, you're getting in dangerous territory. This is a very good conference. A lot of teams with six-plus wins, nine of them to be exact. And Tennessee right now, believe this or not, again, this goes back to my point earlier, everybody falls in love with what they see in September and early October. It's fool's gold a lot of times. Sometimes it's based off schedule, health, quirks, whatever, maybe a hot hand for a few weeks. Tennessee started 5-0. and They're now 6-3. and They lose this game. That's four out of five. Okay? And, oh, by the way, they go to Indianapolis next week who they just got pantsed by at home. So the game to me is huge for both sides. I laid out the case why it's big for Tennessee, who right now is tied with Indy for the division lead, tough schedule, all that. Indy plays the Packers. We'll talk about that in a second. The, the Ravens, first of all, if they want any shot in hell in the division, they got to win, although I think that went out the window in New England. The, the Ravens lose this game. They got problems. Because guess who's playing Thanksgiving night against Pittsburgh? So they could easily also be six and five if they lose this game. I got to tell you, Vegas hates the Tennessee Titans now. Yes, I mean, they ba- do. Baltimore is a six and a half point favorite coming off a loss to yep. a mediocre at best New England team. I know there's some Patriots love out there right now, but let's be no, they real. Stink. They they're stink. not, they're not good. And, you know, I never was talking about well, the conditions in that game. The conditions should have been good for what Baltimore likes to do. Uh, I so yeah, I agree totally. Yeah, so uh, that spread six and a half makes me think that the money will be on the Titans. Henceforth, I think the I, I like the Ravens to actually have a big day here. It does, you know. And I listen, uh, but you're right. This is a huge. It's you know we're in week eleven here. You got. Uh, I guess I. I overall, I think it's probably a bigger game for the Titans, but, um, you know, you know Baltimore. I'll just interject real quick. You, know, you talk to people in the league and I just, I just mean, you know, just in general, just anyone who's around these teams in the league, um, whether it be a coach or a player or an executive, and they will tell you that now is the time where these games start really coming into focus. The good teams start separating from the bad. Thanksgiving internally in the NFL is kind of that barometer of like, okay, it's time to crank it up. And you will start to see these really good teams. They will start pulling away from these teams that are, okay, they're good. They might be a six seed, but like you will see if Baltimore is going to, and the reason I say that is if Baltimore is going to be one of these teams, it, it starts pulling away. Let's see it. You got Tennessee at home. Pittsburgh on the road four days later. Like, I get it's a tall test. Beat them both. Win. Like, send the message that you're still elite. Because, frankly, if you don't, I don't – so what? What do you – I mean, maybe – yeah, look, they'll probably be a playoff team, win a game. But do I put them on the level of Pittsburgh or Kansas City? No, not, not if they can't win some of these games against big boy teams. 
Do we consider as we move along here, are the Vikings a real threat to make the playoffs? Minnesota's up to four and five after getting by the Bears. The Bears were horrendous, like really, really bad. And if Nick Foles takes just a little bit off a throw to Anthony Miller with two minutes to go, that's a touchdown and the Bears actually win the football. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Ball game for the record, but uh, do we think the Vikings can actually come all the way back and really get in the playoff hunts? So, no, and here's why. I think the Vikings are better than their record showed at the beginning of the year. I think they're, they're more the team we've seen recently. And, by the way, you're right with the Bears. The only thing I will say is, really, that game's not even close if Patterson doesn't have that return. I sure. mean, the, the Bears, not that the Vikings were world beaters in that game. They weren't. But the Bears, my God, I don't know how you guys watch the team every week and have to root for them. I, I feel for you. Next time I go to church for you, Carm, I light a candle. It, it, it is uh... – it's a miserable experience, oh, but I, but God. I, but I've, I, I've trained myself that I just, you have to enjoy how bad they are. It, it, it is, it's, it's like comical. Enjoying getting kicked in the nuts, but in any event, like I, so the Vikings, their next three games, home to Dallas, home to the Panthers, home to Jacksonville. They're going to be seven and five, unless they completely wet themselves. The problem is, the last four games, they have games against the Bears at home, Lions on the road, the Lions the last game of the year. They'll be deader than hell. I think they'll win those games. But they're on the road to the Bucs and Saints. And those teams are going to have a lot to play for. I just don't think they're going to win those games. I put them at 9-7. and seven. Now, it's not a bad record. The problem is going to be, are they did they lose the breaker to Seattle because they lost, which that game might come back to kill them. That, that they should have won that game. I don't think that's enough. It's not going to win them the division. Somebody's got to get out of the NFC East. The Saints and the Bucks are both going to have more than nine wins, and they're going to have breakers on them if they both win those games. Seattle's going to get to nine. I, I just can't imagine that they don't. The Rams and the Cardinals, hard to think they don't get to nine. So, you know, or ten rather. So, I think the Vikings are the odd team out. I think they're going to end up nine and seven. I just don't think they've got enough juice to get there because the rest of the conference is good enough to beat them out. So just a reminder on Minnesota, I mean, this was a playoff team last year. They beat mm-hmm. the Saints, and they were in there with the, with the Niners for, for a minute. And then for a the, half, yeah. And, you know, obviously it went the other way. But the Niners, of course, ended up in the Super Bowl. And if Jimmy Garoppolo makes a throw, they might have beaten the Chiefs. So, they, they, I mean, this is a really good football team. And then they go out and have a huge offseason. They trade Diggs. They trade Yannick Ngakwe earlier. I mean, Rick Spielman is literally rebuilding the Vikings on the fly here. They make a phenomenal selection with Justin Jefferson who's having an incredible year in the first round. I mean, Minnesota coached up by Mike Zimmer. They clearly made it a bet that we will just get better as the season goes along. And that's what's happening. So for a lot of teams that are just running in place in the league, I think Minnesota is teams got to feel envious. I mean, they they got uh, this has been um, somewhat impressive. And your guy, Kirk Cousins, has, um, you know, he's r- riding his own roller coaster, but he's playing, a, he's playing a lot better as of late, and he certainly knows how to use Adam Thielen. 
Yeah. No, listen, I think the Vikings are going to get to seven and five. I think they're going to be a team that went six in a row. They're going to be hot as hell going down to Tampa. I just, I don't think they're beating the Bucs. And I don't think now if, if Winston's playing for the Saints, then that's a different conversation. But if Breeze is in there, then I like I like the Saints to win. And look, they could make life kind of tough on Tampa. We'll see. I, I maybe not. Maybe not. I, I I'm 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 getting a little too. I'm thinking about the old Vikings defense and not the one that's actually there right now. Yeah, they stink defensively. So all right, uh, all right. Before we get to Deuce, real quick, do you think the Saints can hold on to the South while Jameis is playing? Breeze is going to be out. Bare minimum two to three weeks is what they're saying, and it could be longer. Yeah, it depends on the on how long he's out. Because I'm not a Jameis guy. Look, Jameis threw for 5,000 yards last year, but he throws a million interceptions. I mean, you know how bad you've got to be to throw for 5,000 yards and not get an offer to start anywhere as like a 26-year-old? you got to stink. Okay, 30 picks. Although, I, I will say this. I don't understand what the hell the Saints are doing. They're trying to take some help for $21 million. I mean, what, what is he, just an expensive hood ornament? That guy, I mean – He's got the best job in America. Man does nothing. But in any event, their schedule is a joke coming up. they got the Falcons twice, the Eagles, and the, and the Broncos the next four weeks. So if, if Breeze is back after that four weeks, then yes, I think they can hang on. If Breeze isn't there and he misses games against the Chiefs and, and, a, and a motivated Vikings team, then no. So I think it depends. If, if, if you say to me four weeks or less, I think, I think the Saints will hold on. More than that, I, I think they fall apart a little bit. I think they make the playoffs, but I don't think they win the division. I'm betting on Jameis. Um, you know, I was reading a bunch on the Saints today, and they're complimenting him left and right as to how he's been in that building. Getting there early, last guy to leave, doing all sorts of positive stuff. The talent's there. We all know that. He's. You would think that being around Sean Payton is going to do something for him. You would think being around Drew Brees is going to do something for him. Um, so I'll bet, I'll bet on Jameis, but, uh, let's see what Deuce McAllister thinks the uh, former Saint, the two-time pro bowler, and he currently works on the Saints radio broadcast, uh, interview with Deuce earlier today. What, what does Deuce want to say to Saint fans right now who maybe think Jameis is not going to be up to the task? Well, you really have two options, whether it's Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. You know, the, the question is, can they manage the game and allow that offense to be able to be efficient and obviously to lean on the defense and the special teams? Uh, look, this team has been through this situation literally last year. It was a different quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater was at the helm. And so I'm not saying that they're going to go 5-0 and uh, in this stretch like Teddy did, but at, at, at least you know the playmakers are still in place. The question is, can the quarterbacks, you know, manage that game and get the football to those playmakers? What do you think that Teddy was able to do so well last year, stepping in and going five and zero? That maybe I don't know if there's anything that Jameis can take from that. Well, I think the biggest thing is just go out and be yourself. You know, don't don't try to go out and be Drew Brees. You know, there there, there will be a long time before we see another quarterback that has his type of talent. Now, so you know, the the biggest question mark or worry that you have. With, with Jameis, you know, as, as far as him at the quarterback is the turnovers. And so can you limit or eliminate those things uh, as far as turnovers are, are concerned? He has a powerful arm. He's a smart kid. So the biggest question is, can you make him comfortable? Can you craft a game plan that really fits what he wants to do or what he's good at doing and being able to go out and put points on the board? Did you think, Deuce, the uh, the hit on Drew Brees from Contavious uh, Street from the Niners, was, was that a penalty in your mind? No. <laughs> do we need to make some rule changes here in the NFL? What, 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 let's get Roger Goodell on the horn here, Deuce. 
Well, I mean, we can get them on the horn, but if you're a quarterback, they're going to try to protect those quarterbacks. And and, and look, you know, I, I understand the hit. Uh, in, in, in my mind, it was not a penalty. Even when we go back and you look at the shy total hit on, on their quarterback, I didn't feel like that it was a, a, a penalty. But, you know, they're going to protect the quarterbacks. And so if, if that's the case, it makes it tougher on those defensive linemen. Look, I'm not going to be uh, – you know, bias and say, well, yeah, it was a it, it was a penalty because he was my quarterback. You know, I'm looking at it from the game of football and how it's played and how you have to try to uh, allow those guys to play it as well. I understand the rule. I understand why they called it, but in my eyes, I don't think that it was a penalty. Yeah, I think 99.9 percent of all NFL fans, if not 100, uh, agree with you, football fans. Period. Uh, do as you're working with Crown Royal today. Being a Royal fan this season means staying safe. Of course, generously supporting your community. Uh, that's how to crown your game day. Why was this uh, something you wanted to be involved in? Well, I've really just supported Crown and their effort in the last couple of years. You know, if we talk about hydrating and making sure that we're being smart. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm all for enjoying a game. I love a good tailgate. I love a good game as far as a watch party but also to do it responsibly. And I think that's really where you're talking about. We can have fun, but when we, you know, whether it's a timeout, whether it's a TV, a commercial, whatever it may be, let's make sure we're hydrating. And so I really thought that was a pretty cool, you know, initiative that they had as far as hydration was concerned. And it's just not for football. You know, we, we, we have KG, Kevin Garnett, you know, as far as basketball is concerned, uh, his participation to kind of really push that as well. I think it's pretty cool. And, you know, you, you got guys – uh, Brian Westbrook, Andre Johnson as well in the NFL. So this is a pretty cool initiative. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Well, since you brought up basketball, and I know you're a big hoop fan. Did the Pelicans get the better of the deal with the Bucks? To be determined. You know, I think for Drew Holiday, I'm really happy for him. I mean, because he was the he was a pros pro. He 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 hung in there. You had AD, you only went to two playoffs in seven years here in New Orleans. He's been banged up a little bit. He deserves to be able to go in and challenge for a championship. And so to be paired with Giannis up there and, and, and with the Bucks and what they're trying to do, you know, uh, they're trying to get Giannis to sign that that that, that max. And so uh, they want to show him that we're committed to the process. And so for the Pelicans, we feel like they're still a couple of years away. You know, you want to make sure that you have enough pieces around Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And so if you can get – some picks, if you can flip some of those other players that you brought in uh, and just maybe in a year or two to see where you are as a franchise. I think Stan is the right coach. You know, the biggest thing, we feel like you can score, but can you play defense? And I think that's one of the things that they have to be able to improve on. So I think the future is is, is bright here with the Pelicans, but also uh, I hope Drew goes and get him a championship. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's Stacking the Box. Why didn't it work out with AD? Too, too many injuries, one. And that was not just AD overall. I mean, you, Dell Demps, he tried to go all in. He, 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 he traded a lot of draft picks. He, he signed, you know, whether it's Omar Asik, you know, you talk about bringing in some, some, some other guys, even um, oh, the, the young man that we just got from uh, Milwaukee. They wanted him, you know, uh, but the point guard, I can't even think of his Bled, name. Bledsoe. Yeah, Bledsoe, you know, but Bledsoe didn't want to be in New Orleans at that time. Uh, and so, you know, it, it just didn't work. It, it, it just didn't work. And you talk about whether that was what would be Scott and 
you know, as far as coaching it, or you, you, you talk about what, what Gentry and I love Alvin, you know, I thought he was a great guy. It just, it never worked. And so it was unfortunate, but I was happy that AD got him a championship out in LA. Yeah. Deuce work with crown world. Just let's go back to, to the NFL here. Who's the best team in the NFC deuce. NFC. If drew is healthy, I would probably say the saints are, but with Drew being banged up right now, I, I would really want to see how Green Bay reacts. I know they're banged up as well. They, they're, they're getting their receiver back, uh, you know, and their left tackle uh, has been banged up. Their DBs are banged up. You know, Green Bay has been probably the most consistent team. Uh, it was surprising that, you know, Jacksonville gave them that type of game. So I really think over the next couple of weeks, you know, you want to see what Seattle can do. That defense has to get a little bit better uh, on that back end. Russell Wilson, he's been able to carry him to this point. But, you know, you, you, you'll have to see also the, the surprise out there is Arizona, how well Arizona is playing. They have a lot of young talent. Uh, Beehive, I mean, man, that, you know, uh, that, that, that's a phenomenal player. I mean, he's a problem for anybody. And so I think the NFC may be a little top heavy. There are some talented teams in, the, in that deal. I mean, you still you, you cannot discount Tampa Bay. I think, you know, once they get their offensive line fixed, they're going to be a problem. So uh, you've got probably three or four teams that are legitimate, you know, contenders to be able to say, hey, look, we can compete with anybody in the AFC. What did you make of, of the Saints just crushing the Bucks? I mean, I don't think people expect, certainly maybe expected the Saints to win the game, but not uh, in that fashion. I mean, do you look at the Saints as, as here and the, and the Bucks here, or, or is that just one game that, uh, look, it, it went that way that day? I think it's an interesting matchup when you look at that team as far as the Saints. I mean, because you even go back to that first game, the Saints were probably up about 17 points and the Bucs closed the, the, that score in the fourth quarter there. But I think it's a matchup issue really when you look at it. And, and you know, the Bucs, I think the Bucs have to be committed to running the football. In that game, they only ran the football four times. The last one, the fifth, was actually a kneel down. You can't, you can't win football games only running it four times. And, you know, the Saints have done an outstanding job playing run defense. But I really think also their offensive line, not Ali Marpet, really hurt them. This last game, they moved A.J. Shipley in the center. They moved Jansen over to guard. So I think that solidified and helped them what they wanted to do with the run game. But it's hard for any quarterback, whether it's Brady or whomever, to drop back 40 times and just expect that D-line not to be able to get there. And the Saints have just had success being able to pressure Brady and, you know, in both of those matchups. If it was up to Deuce, how would you – Split the carries, if at all, or split the split the reps, if at all, uh, as you mentioned, between Taysom and, and Jameis. Well, I think they're going to have packages. I really think that they will have packages, and you know, Sean will have packages for Jameis. He'll have them for for Taysom Hill, and really to see who who is rolling. You know, once you get to that second late you know, third quarter or late second half, you know, whether it's uh, going in a two minute drill, this is what we want to do. It's hard, you know, because you want that center to be on the same page with that quarterback and make sure, making sure that they see the same thing. But I think for Sean, he's got to figure out a way. Okay, guys, how can I get the production out of both of you if I'm going to use you? And I think the other part of it is, you know, if the Saints are going to use Taysom Hill exclusively at quarterback, then, you know, you lose a lot of what he can do at that tight end, at that age, even on special teams. So I think that's something that you have to take in consideration as well. So I just look at Jameis. I mean, he's 26 years old. He's mm -hmm. uh, This is a young guy still with a ton of experience and a ton of talent. Uh, I mean, and it's a huge opportunity for him. Do, do you th Can you 
learn, I guess, to not turn the ball over the way he did in Tampa, being with Sean, being with Drew. Everyone says he's been great in the room and gets there early, stays late, all of it. Can a, can a guy transform himself? I mean, he, again, he's 26. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. You're hoping so. I mean, for Jameis's and the, and the Saints' sake, you're hoping so. I mean, because of talent, it, 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 that's not the question. It's the decision-making and making sure that you distribute the ball. And, you know, he, he's so talented, particularly with his arm strength. Sometimes you can't force a throw when you don't necessarily have to force a throw. You know, there's a situation you go back and you look at that previous game. He locks in on Michael Thomas on a, a, a slant route. And, you know, it probably was not probably the best throw San Francisco probably picked it off. I know they should have picked it off. They ended up dropping it. But, you know, sometimes it's okay to take that four to five yard gain instead of, you know, trying to push the ball down 12, 15 yards. As we wrap up here, and again, Deuce working with Crown Royal today, uh, favorite thing about Drew Brees should, should, if you were advising him, hey, Deuce, what do you think I should do? Is this, is this, I mean, he's done a lot for the game. He's done a lot for himself. He's done a lot for his family. Should this be the last run? Drew, take care of yourself. You know, at this point, you have to be selfish and make the best decision for yourself and your family. You know, that, that, that that's what I would have to tell them. You've been great. You've been great to the city. You've been great to the NFL. But at some point, you have to be selfish for yourself and make the decision and say, hey, look, you know, I had a, I've had a great run. The last couple of years, I've beat up. My body has been beat up. I want to be able to walk and play with my kids in 10 years, 15 years. So if this is the last run, then it's been a really good one. I just hope that you come back and make us, you know, playoff run with us as well. If somebody told you 10 years ago that, hey, this is the career he's going to have, would you have believed it? Yeah, I would have believed it. I mean, just being around him and how hard he works and how he prepares, you know, I would have been surprised that he stayed this long. But, you know, I would definitely believe that, you know, some of the things that he's done, he would have accomplished them. All right, I'm going to wrap up on something off the border. Can I get one Ricky Williams story? <laughs> Rick, Rick was interesting. I put it that way. He was a really, really good teammate. He was a guy that worked hard. Rick was one of those guys that six o'clock, whenever that facility opened, you know, particularly on weight days, Rick was the first guy in there. I mean, he worked, he worked, he worked. That was the one thing I respected about him. I mean, at that time when we were together in New Orleans, there were some things off the field that he was dealing with, you know, and he went on that next year in Miami. I think that was 2002, and he he had a phenomenal year. You know, if it, it wasn't 2,000 yards, it was close to it. So the one thing I, I respect about Rick is the way that he worked, and, you know, he, he wanted the football all the time. Who's Deuce's all-time favorite teammate? Fred McAfee, you know, just he's a funny guy. Um, he's a Mississippi kid as well. He was always going to keep you loose. And, you know, for a guy to play 19, 20 years in the NFL, you salute that in itself. I know you're paying attention to the Rebels, by the way. No doubt about it. You know, I love what Lane is doing. You know, knock on wood, hopefully COVID will be able to slow down and they can get a couple mm -hmm. games in. But, you know, love the progression and direction of that uh, that, that team. All right, Verderam, there we go. Deuce. Let's make some money here. Place your bets. We're starting with New England, a two-point favorite, which is kind of amazing, even though they're playing the Texans. I, on the road, New England, a two-point favorite at Houston. Who are you taking? New England. New England. Wow. New England, New England, New England, New England. I, I am taking them for two reasons. The Texans' defense is abominable. And New England's going to rush for 250 yards in this game. They're just going to line up and run them right over. Secondly, 
Bill Belichick is coaching against Romeo Cornell. So, which I got to say, they've matched up. I am almost 100% positive on this. And I, I will check this right after I say it. But I am pretty sure they've only played each other once. Romeo was with Cleveland. And I'm pretty sure Romeo Cornell won the game. Uh, but I don't care. I am, I am going with the Pats to win what I think will be an ugly game, four or five-point game. But I think they're going to win. I mean, the Texans' favorite here is interesting. Um, I think – listen, I'm, I'm going to bet on Houston. The, the New England love Ooh. that's going – there's the, 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 too much New England love, man. I Like, like last week was a cool – it fade when it, they were well, a heavy. They suck, but I mean, Houston's two and seven. They've only beaten Jacksonville, for God's sake. Uh, listen, who's the best player in this football game? The best player? Watson, yeah. for sure. Well, there we go. That's but, that's. But I'm I'm betting I'm betting on the best guy. And I get it that, that Belichick can scheme for anyone, uh, especially when you're dealing with a Deshaun Watson who doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him. But you're you're and and I think you're right about Romeo too. I'm trying to remember. For some weird reason, Romeo Romeo always got a ton of credit for being able to scheme for New England. By the way, I looked it up. Belichick beat him 34-17. I think I was thinking of McDaniels, but regardless. There um, was Romeo as a defensive coordinator, he was known to be able to scheme for the Patriots. This is totally yes. different. Yeah. Yes. He's yes. Um, but I just, man, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, okay. I don't feel that great about it. I, I just, um, oh, look, both these teams to me aren't good, but Houston's just in it. A trash organization. <laughs> All right, let's go to Baltimore and the Titans. The Ravens are a six and a half point favorite. Uh, we talked about this briefly earlier. I, I'm I'm riding with the Ravens here because that line just seems fishy to me. And uh, yeah, you're due Baltimore coming off a terrible loss, and the Titans are just headed south right now. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, I I think this is a this is a tough spot for Tennessee. Baltimore coming off that loss, they got to win this game. Tennessee, it also doesn't help. Look, they're without Taylor and Lawan for the rest of the year. Okay, he's he's an all-pro left tackle. Now, I know Ronnie Stanley, same, same deal, left tackle, all-pro for the Ravens is out, but I think it matters more in this game for uh, Tennessee because the Ravens have a really good front. They can get home. They can cause problems. Tennessee's defense is abysmal, uh, one of the worst in the league. And by the way, the weather for this game should not be a factor. 60 degrees in Baltimore for kick. So, and, and just cloudy, not raining. So look, I do think Tennessee has the ability to beat them. I and mean, we saw it in the playoffs. They went in there and, and beat the doors off of them. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I, I think Baltimore wins. I just don't like the way Tannehill's played the last couple of weeks. Tennessee's defense, which is good last year. was a big reason they won that game has not been good at all this season. So give me the Ravens in a game that's, 27 and 19, something like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, 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 I hear you. Let's do, uh, let's do Pittsburgh, a 10 point favorite at Jacksonville quote of the week, by the way, Mike Tomlin, just completely <laughs> shitting on the Mac conference. This is not the big 10 going to play the Mac. Hey, I've seen Northern Illinois beat, beat the university of Iowa enough with the, the attack on the Mac schools here. What about the thundering herd? They're ranked in the top 25 there, Sir Mike Tomlin, but uh, he's he's trying to give credit to Jacksonville. I get it, but it was a, he dissed the Mac, man. Funny story about the Mac. When I was a kid, for two years I lived in Virginia. I lived about twenty minutes outside DC, and uh, buddy of mine, 
and I, I was like eight, eight years old. A buddy of mine was like, hey, my, my dad got some tickets to the Marshall game. Do you want to go? And I, you know, I've never been a huge college football guy. Didn't know anything about Marshall. I was like, nah, nah, it's all right. I'm good. Could have gone and seen Randy Moss. Oh, uh, there it is. Yep. Screwed it up. Now, as far as this game goes, by the way, I love that Tomlin said that because Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio, which is a Mac school. So, <laughs> Great point. He, come, he took, come on, man. Like Roethlisberger took a shot at Tomlin who played at William and Mary, and he's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll take a dig at him when I figure out what conference they're in. So it's been good. It's been a little fun back and forth. Um, Pittsburgh should obviously win this game, and I think they will win this game. I'm taking Jacksonville to cover, though. Like, this, Pittsburgh has these games where they just – they played out. Now, they didn't last week, to their credit. They took care of business. They pounded Cincinnati. And I, I thought Cincinnati might win the game. Didn't. Not even close. I think Pittsburgh wins. But Jacksonville, they beat Indianapolis earlier this year. They almost just went to Green Bay and won that game. Like, the, the Jags are not good. But they kind of hang around, and the Steelers have a tendency to leave teams in. So, I am going to say Pittsburgh wins. I think it's, you know. 23-17, maybe 26-17. Either way, Jacksonville covers. I'm with you. I like the Jags, baby. I, 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 you know, I think Mike Tomlin's worried for a reason. Jake Luton, he's man's man's on a mission, Bertram. Big arm, accuracy's a question. He's and he's got some good size. Uh, I'm interested to see a little bit hey, more he here. Has been good in Jacksonville. James Robinson, Rockford, Illinois native. There you go. The Lutheran man's killing it. There you go. Because you got just, out of Rockford. Oh, and I had a reference of something that Killing was. It. What were you? By the just... way, I got people in the neighborhood listening to this podcast. They want. They got a bone to pick with you. Oh, really? The the the, the smack you talked about Rockford. Bring it on. Bring it on, Rockford. I'm coming out there to go to what's that beefaroo? You ever go there? Uh, that, I went there. I went there once to pick up food for my wife. I've heard that Beefaroo is an incredible establishment, that trash uh, fast food place that Rockfordians like. Oh. Rock, Rockford, I'm coming after you. Uh, go Rockford. Where's the ice hogs? All right. Uh, Eagles. Uh, by the way, so yeah, I'm with you on the Jags. All right. Eagles are at Cleveland. Cleveland's a three and a half point favorite. I'm taking Philly. Let's go, Eagles. Let's let's make a statement in the NFC East, damn it. You're going to walk into the Browns. You're going to beat Cleveland. You're going to stamp yourself to the NFC East favorite. Do it. <laughs> The NFC East is such a disgrace. I I mean, we can be brief. I'm taking the Browns to win the Eagles to cover. I think it's really close. I think All it's right. a two-point game. I, Browns, I, just, that's I think the that. Browns will win. But, man, they're kind of frauds too, right? Like, And I don't want to crap on the Browns because they've been bad for so long. Hey, like, God bless them. I hope they get in the playoffs. I hope their fans are excited. But the Browns are just – they're so terrified of Mayfield making a mistake because like, the fans are at least a smart enough and good enough coach to mitigate it. But – like it's just you watch those games; they're horrified of Baker throwing the football. Horrified. In fact, the last time they they threw a pass on third and eight, they cut over to Stefanski and he was on his knees doing the rosary beads, doing a hell man. I mean, it was just it was a very sad scene. It's tragic. Fans said it went to Cleveland. Talked to Browns fans, as in I did, along with Richard and and uh, Patrick was there. Whatever it was, I, I have mad Patrick respect just to watch the game. I, I wonder, did he stay? I can't, I can't remember. I he think did. he did. He did stay, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, God bless him. He's a Colts. I mean, he's a Chiefs slash undercover Browns fan. But my point is that Browns fans, y'all, I got huge respect for you. Just just a tremendous group of people. 
God bless them. Uh, and tremendous alcoholics. All right. Packers and the Colts. India, two point. I mean, they were getting hammered, Vertoram. I mean, I'm talking like. Have you seen the Browns over the last 20 years? Uh, just, the Browns just, should be paying for the alcohol. I mean, I get that that's going on in Buffalo, and I get it's going on in Philly, and I get it's going on all across the NFL landscape, but these 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 were some hearty souls. Colts are a two-point favorite with uh, the Packers, which is a great game we haven't talked about all that much yeah. uh, or or at all. Uh, what do you think? Yes, yeah, so let's get into it. Look, I, I am very torn on this because I have been all over the Packers in a lot of these games, and then they either flat-out lose like they did to Minnesota or they – they play down and they get you know, Jacksonville. That's a game. They, they got to hold on, but I like them in this game. I can't help but feel like they're just a better team. Look, the Colts are good. The Colts are better than I thought they were. I give them credit for beating Tennessee. The defense has been very good this season. Excuse me. The defense has been very good this season. Um, and I, I really was, was torn, but ultimately said, look, if you're torn, who's the better quarterback Rogers, right? So, who right now, by the way, is my number two in the MVP race. He's leapfrog Wilson. I, I mean, which I, I don't mean to give away the next thing, but that, we'll get into that in a second. Um, I like the Packers to win by like a field goal. I don't think it's a blotter. I think it's a really tight game. I just – I don't trust the Colts offense, man. They do not score, and I, I think that's the difference for me. I'm scarred from watching Indy play the Bears. I think it's going to be a rough day for Aaron Rodgers. I will take the Colts. Give me the, give me the, I'm giving the two. Let's go Indy. Uh, take down the Z Green Bay Packers. All right, in or out, as you just mentioned, Aaron Rodgers is the better MVP candidate than Russell Wilson. I'm in on that right now. Uh, but and Russell could turn that around real fast. It's entirely possible as well. No doubt. No doubt. But for me, like I just said, and I gave it away, but I'm, I'm in on the idea that Rodgers is number two. To me, Mahomes is the number one. Right now, and by the way, he is in betting markets now for the first time uh, since the season began. He's the number one guy. He's thrown 21 touchdowns and one pick. But guess what? Rodgers has thrown 26 touchdowns and three picks. Right. Like He's pretty damn good. And to be fair to Rodgers, it's Devontae Adams and who? Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who's a good deep threat, but my God, he drops every other pass thrown to him. You know, Robert Tanyan's <laughs> been a good tight end. He's not exactly Travis Kelsey. Like, I don't like playing this game because I think, you know, you start getting into different styles, right? Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers with the Chiefs offense? I mean, he might throw for five five thousand yards by like week fourteen. It's it's insane. And that's not to say I think he's better than Mahomes. I don't. I'm just my point is Rodgers has been playing with Drek outside of Adams now for years on end, and he's still putting up these massive numbers. I, you know, it's it's very very impressive. So yeah, right now, look, Wilson Wilson's second in the league in picks. I mean, I I, I got to move him below Rodgers. Yeah, even when Valdez Scantling catches the football, it looks like he drops it. It's kind of amazing. It is. It's terrifying. He's got a lot of bobble going on, but he does. I mean, they need him bad, obviously. They do because he's a deep threat. And and he's right. He's got the speed. Dolphins uh, will be nine and three uh, before playing Kansas City in Week 14. I think we outlined this on Sunday night. The Dolphins' schedule is very favorable. So this week they're at Denver. So here, here's a riddle for you. Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, and Jeff Driscoll, what, what do they have in common? They're all Broncos quarterbacks, and they all suck. So even if Locke starts in this game, which he, he may not, it looks like he's probably trending that he won't, who cares? They're all terrible. I don't think it makes much of a difference. The point is Miami's defense is really good, and they're going to take to task 
this Denver offense. I would be surprised otherwise. Now, I do think Vic Fangio is going to have a little something in store for two in this game. Vic Fangio knows defense. Maybe not a great head coach. He's a great defensive coordinator. I think he will give Tua a lot of problems. There's one thing in this game that concerns me if I'm a Dolphins fan. Can he get Tua to throw a couple of picks? Uh, Maybe not. We're going to find out. If I'm Flores, I'm really careful about that because it's the only way they can lose. But I think they win. Uh, and then their next two games, look, you're not exactly talking about the hardest schedule in the world here. I, I, they get the Jets and the Bengals, the two games after that. Bengals at home, Jets on the road. I'm in. I think they're going to be 9-4, nine and 9-3, nine and uh, rather. Excuse me, 9-3. and three. And then their schedule is very hard. Chiefs at home, uh, Pats New at Eng- home, yeah. at the Raiders, at the Bills. So they better be 9-3 and three because they're, they're going to be an underdog in all those games. Except maybe the Pats game. I'd love to see the Dolphins be nine and three, but I'm out on this one. I think they do lose to the Broncos this week, which is crazy. They uh, could. But, but but I I to to your underlining of Vic Fangio, I'll be. It's a challenging game for for the for Miami to go on the road to go to Mile High to go against Fangio. I think it's going to be a rough day, and I think somehow some way Denver just scores enough to do it. So and if they don't do it either the Jets or – I just don't think the Dolphins are set up to be that consistent week in and week out. It is the NFL. Strange things happen. I can't – I mean, if they won three more in a row, Verum, that'd be eight in a row. At some point, they're going to have to have a stumble here. So that's why uh, no, I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll play the odds. Um, that's fair. The, the Jets get their first win of the season this week, in or out. The New York Jets just end the season – are playing at the Chargers, which it's a winnable game, man. This could be it. So you know what? During this podcast, I'm flipping my answer. So I was going to say that, no, the Jets suck and they're not going to win. And I believe that. However, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, Justin Herbert in the last hour got a haircut. Man lost his gorgeous flowing locks and now looks like a 12-year-old. I'm deeply concerned. I'm deeply concerned. You lose your power when you lose your hair like that. Now, some of us never had good hair to begin with. And that's fine. But this man had good hair. And he was rolling. Man looks like he's 12. I'm, I'm very concerned about this. And the Jets are coming off a bye, and they're going to see a kid who looks like he's in junior high school. So, and also, the Chargers, nobody blows leads like them except maybe Atlanta. And, the, by the way, that week 14 game is going to be unbelievable. Those two teams get together. But – I I went from being out because the Jets are awful to truthfully deep my heart still being out, but now I'm in because the hair is gone. See, I think this might be Herbert going full professional. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm going to get a nice accountant level haircut here. You've and seen the and, haircut. Yep. You know, I'm 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 a I'm an adult. I'm Justin Herbert, adult quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. I had the Jets beating the Patriots, man, out, and and that you're almost happened. right. That nearly happened. I'll I'll be out this week. Uh, even though they have, they're scheming it up and feeling confident, but I'm, I right now I'm just not feeling a Jets, 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 Jets win. Uh, Antonio Brown will be suspended for the latest news in or out. If you if you missed it, Antonio Brown was acting like a complete idiot in his uh, condo or apartment complex, and he broke a, what was it a camera or a gate that they didn't let somebody in. Yeah, security camera security camera so this was before he signed with the bucks and the bucks apparently knew about it um i'm out on him getting suspended because you know it's the nfl they let everything these things tend to slide where where are you at 
you know what? I don't know where I'm at with this because Antonio Brown is just out of his mind. He destroyed a security camera, according to the Miami Herald, and then also threw a bicycle at a security guard. Oh, yeah, that too. I think he's going to get suspended. Because I got to tell you, if I'm the NFL, I don't want that guy anywhere near any team that matters to me. And by the way, the Super Bowl this year in Tampa, like not really looking to have him be a part of it. And this is this is all the NFL needs to review this thing and just go, you know what? He's suspended indefinitely. If I'm the NFL, take wow. it right now. I'd do it. I'd do it in two seconds. You want that guy in the podium at Super Bowl week? Now, I, I get it. It's going to be virtual this year, but still, you want him front and center? Also, if I'm the Bucks, I'd be like, you know what? I'm good. Like, I, 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 I already saw enough before I signed you, but like, I've really seen enough. And like, by the way, what the hell difference has he made the first two weeks? Now, and that's not to say he can't make a, a bigger one as time goes on, but like, what has he done? You know, I just, man, I have a, he had, he had three catches for 31 yards against the Saints, seven for 69 against the Panthers, which is fine. I mean, it's a good game. It's fine. I mean, like, he's, he's been all right, man. I mean, like not great, great, but he's got 10, 10 catches for hundred yards in two games. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, a pace of 80 for 800. It's, it's fine. It's just, it's, he's basically a possession receiver. I don't know. I just, listen, I, w- I wouldn't assign him and I'd be completely fine if they cut him, but I, he's, he hasn't been terrible. But go and ahead. They won't cut him, by the way. I'm not saying they will. They will not cut him for that. But if I am the NFL, I'd be like, yeah, guess what? You're suspended indefinitely. We'll let you know when you're ready to come back and then see you next year. Yeah, but then uh, then you got lawsuits and whatnot. I, I, I think they'll look the other way. But it, it would be interesting. Hey, game, one game suspension, Antonio, or two games. I don't know. Um, all right. Let's let's wrap up here, Matt Verderham. What's what, what do you got in the life right now? All right, so I wrote down initially that the vaccine news is awesome and everybody should be happy and hopeful about that, and I do believe that, okay? Between Moderno and Pfizer, looks like uh, all systems are go here for this vaccine to start rolling out here globally and in the United States in December. So that is great news. Obviously, it's going to take a while for everybody who wants one to get one. It's not just going to be by Christmas, but it looks like potentially here fairly early next year uh, that we could be living a normal quote-unquote life so that's awesome um but i i realized after i wrote that down we're doing this on a wednesday wednesday's the nba draft the knicks draft eight and 23rd eighth and 23rd and i just want to say out in front i'm sorry to whoever the knicks draft because your career is ruined your career is absolutely ruined and at worst case excuse me at best case it's just delayed until you get somewhere else because that team is an absolute dumpster fire. They will ruin whoever they draft. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who the young players are. I love how now like they're desperate to get higher up in this draft. This draft sucks by all accounts. I know nothing about college basketball, but this draft supposedly is just awful. And this is the draft the Knicks are just all in to get to the five spot on. Like I, the teams, they're they so, so bad. And I apologize to the two souls who are going to be giving up their careers to join that dumpster fire this evening. So since you brought up the NBA draft, uh, which of course is tonight, I'm just going to give a, a, a Mark Carmen piece of advice to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I don't know if I had, I don't think I have to give it to the golden state warriors um, and to the Charlotte Hornets. Do not pick LaMelo ball. You will regret it. 
He's not good. He can't shoot. He thinks he's God's gift. It's a huge problem. You Golden State would be the best place for him to go because they they have veterans and they would put him into a this is the NBA young man. This is how it's going to be. He needs a very good situation. So the Warriors actually could take him. But the Hornets, the Timberwolves, absolutely not. Chicago, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, New York. Don't pick LaMelo Ball. You're going to regret it. I'm just – he will not it, – it's not going to go well. That's my NBA uh, just from talking to people who have seen LaMelo play and like and reading his quotes. I mean, this guy hey, thinks – Do you want to deal with that family? I don't like whatever. I, I'd I'd welcome Rudy's that. Hey, Lavar, shut up and and never speak again. And I, you're you're. I'm gonna ban you from the games. But um, hey, I don't want to. I also don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to color Lamelo's career by his brothers. But like, is Lonzo Ball even good? I, I listen. Lonzo, like he's, he's fine. A, but like, is he really? Like, does anybody give a shit? Like where he's playing? No, but he he, he he's. I actually kind of like Lonzo because he's a unique guy. He's an excellent passer. He's a good defender. He's a tr- like a true point guard. He's got six, six size at that position. Like I actually think he's decent LaMelo. And I haven't seen him play enough to know, but from everything I've heard, I mean, this is, I, I think this is going to be a complete nightmare, but I do look forward to LaMelo versus Lonzo. That'll be amazing. Where do your boys draft? Where are the bulls? We're, we're at four. Um, and supposedly they're trying to move up to two. But I don't think that's happening, uh, and I hope they did. There was a Wendell Carter Jr. and the four pick to the Warriors for the two pick. I, I can't believe the Bulls would be that excited to move up to take James Wiseman um, at two. I mean, it's interesting. The Bulls have a new GM, so we'll see what our tourist Carney Chauvis has to do here in Mark Eversley. But, hey, this has uh, been a blast as always. hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. And uh, let's see what happens week 11. We'll talk to you Sunday night after the Chiefs and the Raiders, which means Verderam will either be extremely fired up or just in a very relaxed, calm, pleasant Sunday night mood. So looking forward to that. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for p- passing it along. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.